you're listening to Work It Mommy, where the goal is for all women, no matter your age or stage in life, you may be single, you may be married, you may be a mom, you may not be a mom. The goal is for us to all be the best versions of ourselves. But if you happen to be a mom, be the best mom ever and maintain our sanity while we do it. Okay, this is going to be an episode for every single woman on the face of this earth because you are either dealing with it now or you will deal with it in the future. This number one, most serious stress trigger for all women on the face of the earth. Do you know what it is? I'll give you a minute. What you think it is? I'm going to go ahead and give you the answer real quick. It is men. 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 They are the most serious stress trigger for women. Girl. If you're here, it's because you understand this, okay? Let's be real. Let's keep it 100. Men are stressful. Okay, we love them. There are a lot of great men out there. No shade or disrespect to the men. Okay, just a little. I don't care. Okay, I'm going to keep it so real with you guys right here. Um, And it's just a shame because they're annoying, right? They're annoying. And a lot of the times they don't mean to be, they can't help it, guys. Um, They just aren't on our level. And I hate to say it that way. Um, So anyway, what do we do about it? Okay, we have to identify the stress trigger, right? Because we love our men. They love us. You know, they're like I mentioned, you know, many of us have great relationships. And that is great. But even in a great relationship, there's annoyances that happen, right? So before we get into the next part of this, I just want to kind of say this disclaimer here, ladies. Um, I feel that here, you know, on this, you know, podcast, I want to be open and honest with you. So for us both to really kind of engage and and get somewhere and be a part of this tribe, we got to be honest with ourselves. These are things men get on our nerves, you know, that's it. And why do I feel so comfortable saying that? Because I know your man gets on your nerves just as much as my man gets on my nerves. Okay, so this is not a singular thing. Don't take it as that by any means. So we have to all be able to admit and be open. Say, yeah, my man gets on my nerves because there is in society as women, I notice, you know, we do these things like we, we, you say these things like, oh, he did this for me. My man did that. And you see us posting a picture and we put the picture on Instagram. You could tell the man don't even want to be in it. Right. They don't want to take pictures with us. Right. His face is looking cockeyed. He's slouched in a chair and you're, oh, you're just so happy to be with your man, you know, um, they don't care. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's okay if we are able to say that to each other. I, you know, women are just like, oh, no, that never happens to me. That my husband is just great. My husband is just perfect. Girl, please. Girl, men are men. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, or what you believe. Men are men. Every last man on the face of the earth gets on their woman's nerves. Even them little old cute couples that's been married for 90 years, they get on the nerves. I mean, the wife is just up to here constantly with the man. So I just kind of want to encourage women to know it's okay 
that your husband gets on your nerves. It's okay that sometimes he just doesn't understand you. It's okay to be open about that. We don't have to, you know, make this facade online that we have this perfect mate because the reality is no one has a perfect mate, you know? So let's just be real. Um, it's the reality, you know, they get on our nerves and that's okay. We could still, you know, have great relationships despite the fact that they get on our nerves. But in some of these more serious instances, the relationships do have to cease because again, it, it goes, it crosses over where the man becomes dangerous. Okay. And I do want women to understand that men are dangerous. There is a, a, a self an assessment that you have to do and say, yeah, you know, just like a knife in your kitchen, you pick it up. That's a, that's a weapon, right? It's dangerous. Now you can cut your food up and cook with it. Okay. Or you can kill someone with it. That's the same kind of principle with your husband or your mate. Okay. He's just like that knife in the drawer. He can be something great, bring you companionship, love and care, or he could kill you. Okay, either physically kill you or stress you out so much that you get sick and die. Okay, and that is again, you know, people won't say it, but it happens. You know, I've seen it happen where, where, you know, the man is just such a problem for years and years and years, you know, or one man creates a trauma for a woman early on in life and she's never able to recover, you know, and then she just can't live and function properly because some man has came in early on and jacked up her life. Okay. Sometimes it could be a father. It could be a husband, a boyfriend, a brother, whomever, but some way along the line, you know, these things happen. So again, honest conversation, you know, um, so we can deal with that and we can get through it, but this is going to be a two-part discussion. Okay. So first I'm going to kind of talk about some things that men do that are kind of funny and why you know they cause us stress and they are a trigger okay that are just lighthearted things that everyone will experience um, even in great relationships and then the second part of this discussion is going to talk about how men can be a serious serious threat to women's physical and mental health that is the reality there is a level of danger associated with men. And we don't ever really think about it or say it that way. So I am going to um, elaborate that, uh, elaborate on that throughout this episode. But first, let's talk about some of the silly things they do. Okay, so you've got a great man. I happen to be married to a wonderful man. But sometimes I have my leftovers in the refrigerator, and he eats them. Don't ask me, you know, just goes in there and gobbles it down. And I'm like, you know, I told you that those are my leftovers and you ate them. I've heard this complaint from so many women everywhere, but it's annoying, right? And why is it annoying? The root thing underneath is you didn't think enough of how I would feel about you eating my food to ask me. You know what you was doing. You just went in there and just started stuffing your face with my food. You know, don't do that. Okay. So the next thing that, you know, even a great uh, mate will do is they're not as good as listeners as women are, okay? They're often preoccupied with work. Um, 
we have two different bodies, right? So we may be talking about something that's going on with us. Maybe we're on our cycle and we're not feeling good. And you try to say that to your husband and he's like, oh, I hope you feel better. You know, it just doesn't resonate because they just don't have the same physical makeup as we do. So we just have to call it for what it is. Don't really expect them to understand some of that because they're just not gonna. They're not gonna save yourself the time and worry, sis. They ain't ever gonna understand anything that's going on with us um, in that uh, physical sense, okay? The third thing that they do that really, really, really grinds our gears, and this is, again, in a good relationship, these things are still going to happen, is sometimes they just don't listen to us at all when we advise them on things to do. Like, hey, you may explain something that, that you know, happened at work or something. We're like, hey, okay, you know, this could be something that you could do. And then you follow up, you're like, hey, did you do that one thing? And oh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just did this other thing. And man, you're like, okay, so what do we even have that conversation for? Okay, so it's a two part, you know, they're not good, you know, listeners, but we are voicing what we have to say. But then when we try to help and assist them, they ain't trying to hear that either, you know? So it is just one of those things. Now, before we get into the the second part of this and and really start to kind of dive deep into this, what I'm trying to get you to do here, ladies, is to do kind of like a a risk assessment and look at the psychology behind this. Now, what we don't want to do is start attributing everything that's going on with us to our spouses. That would actually be a wrong thing to do. You can't say my husband causes me stress. I mean, they do, but you know, there's lots of reasons, you know, maybe we had a bad day at work or or whatever. Lots of things go into our stress and anxiety, but we do need to identify them as a trigger because we want to be able to figure out how do we deal with our triggers? Um, You know, what is my rescue plan in conjunction with, you know, this trigger with my husband, you know, when he's triggering me, how do I rescue myself from that? So I'm not walking around angry and, you know, we want to be the best versions of ourselves and we want to manage the stress that we get from our husbands. And conversely, they want to manage the stress that they get from us as well. Okay. So right here, okay, we have this is a book that sometimes I like. I just like looking up psychology stuff. So I was like, let me crack open my little book on this real quick. And assessing stress, investigating the role of stress as a trigger of illness and evaluation of coping strategies designed to reduce it. Okay. So we really, really, really want to understand anything. And again, it's not just to, we're not just bashing men, although I'm gonna a bit, hey, this is my girl tribe and I'm gonna, (laughs) because sometimes it's just funny to do that, okay? But we really want to say, okay, this is something that is triggering my stress. My husband triggers my stress in these ways. How do I deal with it? Because we want to, again, be healthy for ourselves and for them, right? So 
we need to get to the point that we can say, okay, how do I respond when A happens? How do I respond when B happens and have that rescue plan so that then when those situations arise, we are able to cope with them, okay? Now, there's another little page that I wanna show right here, okay? You need to kind of get what I call a rescue plan, okay, here in this book, it's kind of referred to as health belief model. So if you basically hold true to these, what's listed here, then it's going to help you to kind of manage yourself in these situations. So again, it's perceived susceptibility, okay? How susceptible are you to your husband's stress triggers? How do you respond, you know? And, and, and are you able to work on how susceptible we are to those stress triggers, okay? Perceived severity, how severe are they? So example, you know, when I said, you know, I get so annoyed when I get my food eaten out of the refrigerator, many of us do, right? So how do I respond? Is it that serious? Should I be getting so angry that I'm like not speaking to my husband because he ate my food? Absolutely not. That's silly, right? So we, we have to say, what I'm being triggered by and what is stressing me right now by what he's doing, how serious is it? Sometimes it's not very serious, like the example I gave you, and sometimes it's incredibly serious, okay? Now, perceived benefits, okay? Understand what the benefits are for you dealing with that stress appropriately. Ah, now we're getting somewhere. So what's the benefit if I'm able to not get mad when my husband eat my food out the refrigerator? Oh, I walk around, I'm happy, and he doesn't have to hear me complain and vice versa. We don't get in an argument. Okay, so we have to understand, you know, the power of that. Okay, now perceived barriers. Okay, what are the barriers that are going to prevent you from entering into this stress situation or being triggered? Okay, so let's dive deep into that. So let's say just him eating your food, and I'm just going to stay on that one because it's a simple one. It's such a trigger for you, and it's something that you really can't control. Okay, so you insert your own example into there. Something that gets on your nerves that he does so much that when he does it, it's just going to make you piss no matter what it is. Okay, so then you have to say, okay, this is a barrier. This is a barrier to me being able to deal with this particular trigger. How do I get through that barrier? Okay. So, and sometimes you can't, okay. Maybe it's a past trauma that happened to you. Um, maybe something from when you were a child or whatever. And if he does this one thing, that is a barrier that you can't cross. You're just not able to move forward. It's going to piss you off. It's going to make you mad it's going to affect you emotionally. So how do you deal with that? What can you do to put something in place to protect against that particular barrier? Maybe it's having a conversation with him. Like, look, dude, this is something that really pisses me off. Like, you're going to have to understand this, you know, and, and go into deep, deep, deep description as to why. So there's a, a level of openness that has to happen there too, okay? Cues to action. Okay, so this is a great one because it you want to kind of remind yourself 
when you see these things happening, like, okay, don't get mad, girl, hold together. I know what's happening here. This is going to trigger me. How am I going to deal with it? So it's a little bit of self-awareness that we have to do. Okay. Now, self-efficacy. Okay. Um, Believing that you can actually get through that trigger successfully. So you've got to believe like, hey, this is stuff that really pisses me off. And I think that sometimes I can't get through it, but I can, we can. There's so much that we can get through, okay? So I found that little chart to be um, very helpful. And please, ladies, get yourself these little books, you know, um, learn up a little bit on psychology because let's face it, um, not everybody can afford a therapist, okay? Not everybody wants to go to a therapist. You know, I think that it's great if you can. If you need it, you should. There's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist, but honestly, for most people, it's just the money factor, okay? Um, maybe you don't have good insurance. Maybe it's just not a good time. Maybe you have to work 70 hours a week. So in mental health, you know, we always hear and see these stuff on social media, get help, get help. Get, go to a psychiatrist, go to, not everyone can, okay? So I certainly am not a therapist or a psychologist. I have them visit here on the podcast with us. But for me, what I found things that really work is reading up on the actual areas of psychology and different books, um, following different psychology blogs, having open conversations, okay? Now, uh, let's move on on this topic and explore it a little bit further. And to do this, I am actually going to um, share some information um, online from some blogs. Um, one is a women's health organization and one is just a nonprofit organization. Now, um, let's uh, dive into some of this a little bit more here. Um, and to do that, I want to share some information from a couple of different places, um, some blogs, um, a nonprofit organization, as well as a women's health medical organization as well. But to start, we're going to start here on WebMD. This is a simple, you know, topic search that anybody can do. Okay. And this is all about causes of stress in women. Okay. Now, these are what they list here. Then I'm going to tell you how this fits into our discussion, okay? So life stresses can also have a big impact. Here are some of the life stresses that affect us women as a trigger, a stress trigger, okay? Death of a loved one, divorce, loss of a job, increase in financial obligations, getting married, moving to a new home, chronic illness or injury, emotional problems, taking care of an elderly or sick family member, traumatic event such as a natural disaster, theft, rape, or violence against you or a loved one. Now, everything that I read on that list is something that when you're going through that external stress, so those are other stress triggers outside of your husband, right? He's another one in, in itself, okay? When you're going through a death of a loved one, um, you have an increased financial obligation. You don't have a job. Maybe you got recently diagnosed with an illness or you're having an emotional uh, problem due to a past trauma. When you try to talk to them about it 
and they don't understand. Aha, now we see what's happening. We got all these external triggers that are happening that have nothing to do with our relationship, right? And then we try to talk to them about it and they don't understand. Instead of simply putting the arms around, giving a hug and saying, I'm sorry you went to that. That's the reason why these external factors, and this is what the men don't get is, we deal with these things and they're dealing with them too. They got work stresses. I mean, they really only stress about work. Let's be honest. They care about three things, um, food, sex, and dominance. We care about more and we're more emotionally invested in our lives and society for the most part. Okay. There's a lot of old men guys that are walking around that are still have the mental outset of, you know, a 20 year old man when he first got married. Now they 80 something years old and still saying the dumb crap that they said at 20. They don't actually learn. I, I mean, I really hate to say it, but y'all, y'all know me. Look, I'm keeping it 100. There's other things that happen in relationships as well that really amplify those stresses. One that is not talked about a lot is verbal abuse. I'm not going to go through the whole gamut of verbal abuse today because that is an absolute epidemic. We see it all the time. Other family members, maybe our own spouses are verbally abusive. Okay. Maybe we go out, you know, um, before the pandemic in a group setting with many couples, maybe it's a party or something. You can just see the way that the husbands talk to the wife. They're all, they all do this to some degree, the verbal abuse. It's an absolute epidemic. And if you think it hasn't happened to you, you know, pay attention to these, these things that I'm going to read here because every woman is dealing with this, every single one, okay? So blaming, that's a characteristic of verbal abuse. Making a victim feel or believe that they are responsible for abusive behavior, okay? Criticism, harsh and persistent remarks that are meant to make a person feel bad about themselves that are not constructive, but deliberate and hurtful. A lot of men do that. That one right there really grinds my gears. Thankfully, that is not one that my is high on my husband's list. Um, but when I see other men do it to their women, I'll stop. I'll, if I'm there, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Stop that. You know, um, and I think sometimes doing that for the wife, you hear it so much. You're, you're just not even realizing it's happening. Women, don't let your man talk to you like that. Don't let him criticize you and put you down all the time. That's verbal abuse. It's verbal abuse. Next, gaslighting, a type of insidious and sometimes covert emotional abuse where the abuser makes the target question their judgments and reality. Why would you think that? I would never do that. Why would you say that? Why would you think that? That's gaslighting. When you call them out on something, you're like, hey, did you, did, you, did you do this? Did you do this thing that I don't think you should do? Why would you say that? Why would you do that? I would never do that. Why are you even asking that I would do that? Okay, gaslighting. And verbal abuse is verbal abuse. Okay. Judging, looking down on a victim, not accepting them for who they are and holding them to unrealistic expectations. I see this a lot too. You know, men need to be happy with who they marry. Stop comparing your woman to other women. Don't do it. And don't let them do that to you. Stop that crazy self. Um, so those are some of the main ones there under verbal abuse. So again, this is a mental health trigger. If you are getting verbally abused all the time, it is a stress trigger. It is an anxiety trigger. And the cause of that trigger is the man. 
Okay, so in that situation, yes, if the man is doing these things, these types of verbal abuse, he is a mental stress trigger. So understand that. And then you have to do that assessment that we did um, by means of the, the book that I just showed you and figure out how do I deal with this? You know, how do I deal? What do I do with this? Okay. Now, even more serious domestic violence. I'm going to just um, talk on a couple of these here. Okay. Recognizing domestic violence. This is something that women deal with. It is an epidemic. No matter where you're from, what you believe, even people who have very good, you know, belief systems and, you know, know the difference between right and wrong, acts jealous or possessive, constantly accusing you of being unfaithful. Okay, that's a huge one. That's huge. All right. Um, gets angry when drinking alcohol or using drugs. Okay, okay. If they own drugs, just girl, give them the peace sign. Go ahead on and bounce. You don't even need that in your life. Goodbye. Okay. Um, gets angry when, um, I'm sorry, tries to control you when you can see a healthcare provider, threatens you with violence or weapon, hits, kicks, shoves, slaps, chokes, or otherwise hurts you, your children, or your pets. If that is happening, you need to say goodbye. Bye. There is no thing that you need to um, work through um, with that. It is all him. He's horrible. Say goodbye and leave. It's hard to do. Um, it's not easy, but it's necessary for your own well-being because this is how women get killed. Remember, you are living with a danger, ladies. Your man is that knife in a drawer. He can do good things or he can be deadly. Okay. These are the situations where it's deadly forces you to have sex or engage in sexual acts against your will. Huge, okay? That is another one where if it's beyond what you are comfortable with, girl, goodbye. Pack your bag, see you later, okay? Blames you for his violent behavior and tells you that you deserve it. Pack the bag, goodbye. All right, so this really is a problem. And again, you know, you have to do that assessment for yourself to say, man, it's time for me to pack my bags and leave. You know, if you feel that this is something that you are experiencing, okay? And there is never any judgment. Um, there is never anything towards the woman if she feels that she needs to leave because these are the things that she's enduring at home, okay? Now, let's go back to, you know, when things, when it's not this serious and maybe we don't need to leave, but we just need to manage the stress of the man, manage the stress that he is causing, okay? This is a great article from a nonprofit organization, jw.org, that describes a healthy dynamic between a man and woman. And I absolutely love it because it is teamwork. Teamwork is the dream work now. What it means, it says, when there is teamwork in a marriage, a husband and wife are like a pilot and co-pilot with a same flight plan. Even when challenges arise, each spouse thinks in terms of we rather than me. Ways that we can help ourselves, okay? So now let's test ourselves, okay? Because it's more so about how we respond to what they do in these minor occurrences rather than... Um, 
what, you know, they're actually doing, discuss it with them, you know, because again, this is, we're talking about the the husband that is still open-minded and he's a good guy. He's just a knucklehead. So he can be, you know, reasoned with, he's reasonable. He has a great heart, you know, um, then go ahead and engage in this conversation. Okay. Then here's some other things we can discuss with our spouses. And what aspects of our marriage do we work well as a team? And what aspects could we improve? 